Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Otto Wall is just a little unlucky in life and unbeknownst to him in love. When his wife suddenly asks for a divorce, he bounces between a Facebook-fueled search for answers, desperate attempts to reconnect with his daughter, and his fateful re-entry into the dating pool. Let's just say you, you won't soon forget Debbie Spangler's name. Junebug screenwriter Angus McLaughlin returns to the woods of North Carolina for this sharp and sensitive directorial debut. He finds an ideal straight man in Paul Schneider as a husband and father, finding redemption in a breaking in breaking loose from his mundane mundane routine. The stellar comedic cast includes Melanie Linsky, Heather Graham, Anna Camp, Amy Sedaris, and Celia Weston. We're joined today on Film School by the writer and the director of Goodbye to All That, and that would be Angus McLaughlin. Angus, welcome to Film School. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you for being here. Um, it's a it's a it's a fun film. Um, goodbye to all that. It is uh, got a, a remarkable cast, by the way. I want to compliment you on uh, on getting the people involved in this project that you did. Um, and let's start just to, from the beginning. Where is this a story of something that you're familiar with, or something? Where did the story come from? From for goodbye to all that. Um, well, it came actually from a number of my good friends who had been through divorces, and uh, they would tell me these stories, and one friend in particular told me, you know, how how his marriage ended, and uh, then him getting back on the dating scene, and how different it had been since uh, the 15 years since he'd been married, with uh, texting and uh, Facebook and OkCupid, okay and these stories were sad and um hard to listen to and also funny and uh, kind of exciting. And I thought, I have to, I think I might have to write something about this. <laughs> so that's where it, uh, it originally became, uh, came, the idea came to me. So t- take us through the process. You, you begin, you've written a script. Uh, you, do you start shopping it around? Are you, since you had written a, a screenplay earlier that had been directed by someone else, was that in your mind or was it always in your mind that you would be the one to direct uh, this film? Um, no, it wasn't. Uh, when I wrote this, I, I actually had had two other uh, films that had been sort of set up, but they were very difficult to produce. They were bigger, and they were also period films. And so I I did intentionally write something that I thought could be produced, uh, meaning it took place nowadays and was about, um, you know, uh, in relationships and people in a room and uh, didn't have a lot of... Uh, uh, production values that would be hard to realize. And so I actually, when I finally got it to the, my producers, Ann Carey and Mindy Goldberg at Epoch Films, they said, uh, you know, who do you want to try to get direct to direct it? And uh, I had such a great time with the film that I wrote, Junebug, directed by uh, Phil Morrison. And I said, you know, if we can get Phil, that would be great. Um, but, uh, you know, if not, uh, I'm interested. And actually, I gave it to Phil... And Phil said, um, Angus, I think the center, central emotional component of the film is this father and his relationship with his nine-year-old daughter. And uh, he said, I don't have kids, and you do, Angus. 
you know, you should direct it. Mm-hmm. And I gave it to another friend who was a director, Ramin Barani, and he said the same thing. So the producers went away and thought about it, and they came back and said, let's see if we can get it produced with you directing. Okay. So, uh, by the way, uh, two terrific directors, uh, Ramin, has, has, I haven't, has he been doing anything lately? I haven't seen anything from him for a while. Yeah, he has a, a new movie that uh, premiered in uh, the Venice Film Festival called 99 Homes with Michael Shannon and Andrew Garfield oh. and uh, Laura Dern, which got a great response, which I think is coming out in May. Terrific. He's been on the show. This would be his fourth time if we can get him on again. He's just a wonderful, first of all, great director and just a terrific person. So I'm glad to yeah, hear him yeah. still out there. Well, so so you are now sort of, you've made the the initiative here, I'd like to direct. Uh, what was the transition? I mean, did you spend a lot of time on the set of Junebug? What, what? Um, I did, because it, it also was a shot like uh, Goodbye to All That. It was shot here in Winston-Salem, where North Carolina, where I live. So I got, and Phil was very gracious and uh, really included me in lots of the decision-making in terms of casting, and um, and, and we're, we, work, we work really well together, so I was on the set quite a bit. And then I, I wrote this other film called Stone with uh, Robert De Niro and Edward Norton and Mila jo- Jovovich, and mm-hmm. uh, I was on the set a bit with that, and then I had this other film that actually was shot in Sweden, which came out last year, um, which I was not on the set of. But um, mm-hmm. the transition I had actually, I, I've been an, an actor for a number of years, um, mostly on the stage. I'm actually in Ramin's film, Goodbye Solo, right. um, at you're, the end. You're in the taxi. Um, you're right, you're in the taxi. I'm, yes. Okay, yeah. That's what I thought. <laughs> okay. I'm, the, I'm the crack smoke, uh, <laughs> smoker in the taxi. Um, and... Uh, and so I had directed also on stage. So actually, although it was really scary to direct a, a movie for the first time, it seemed to utilize a lot of things that I had done in my life before, and uh, and it was a great, great experience. What was the... Let me, let me remind our listeners, we're, we're speaking with Angus McLaughlin. He is the uh, director of the film uh, Goodbye to All That. It's in theaters now and also... Uh, available on iTunes and Amazon, uh, Google. Are we are all the platforms that we would generally associate with the? Um, help me out here. iTunes. Yeah, iTunes. I think so. Yeah. Okay. I think so. so um, okay. Look for it. <laughs> it's because it is yeah. available uh, on the different platforms. So uh, just walk me through that first day. What kind of a set are you trying to create? As first-time director, you're walking on that set for the first day. You're going to yell action for the first time. What were the things that were uh, going through your mind? Is it was it scarier than you thought? Was it more satisfying than you imagined? What was sort of the uh, the first few, uh, few few first few days on the set of uh, Goodbye to All That? Well, that's interesting because because I've been a screenwriter and a supplicant in my career for so long, I know how a lot of sets have a real hierarchy where the director is king and the actors are royalty and everybody else is kind of sh- treated poorly. And um, I really did not want that on our set. And you never, you're always kind of trying to catch lightning in a bottle when you make a film. You never know how it's going to eventually come out or be received. But you know you're going to go through the, for us, four-week, 21-day shoot. So I thought... I really want it to be a very positive set and not have that stupid hierarchy where yeah. everybody kowtows to these few people. And I really wanted the crew 
to feel involved. And so that's one of the things I said before we got to the shoot when everybody got together. And um, one of the things that was, I wanted a really positive set, and we had a terrific set, and the actors were, I had such good luck. And one of the nice things was about two weeks after we wrapped, we had this one guy who was our our boom operator, who was the closest we had to sort of a teamster in that he, he did his job, he didn't, like, joke around a lot, he just wanted to watch sports on his device, you know, and he wasn't holding his hands over his head with the microphone. And he wrote me a, a little email about two weeks after and said, Angus, you've restored my faith in independent filmmaking because you made me feel like I was valued and I was really a part of the film. And, and that was one of the best best things about the whole experience was that I did accomplish one thing, which was to try to give people a really positive, creative experience. Oh, fantastic. Well, well, let's talk about the movie now. I just uh, we It's a uh, story about a man who uh, sort of blindsided by his his wife's uh, re- uh, not request demand to for divorce walk us through just sort of the basic broad outlines of it uh, and go ahead take it from there if you can yeah yeah this guy on a wall is about 38 years old and works as a sort of a I guess a graphic designer and he's a runner and that's a real important thing I wanted him to be an athlete because athletes are trained particularly if you're a runner to not pay attention to pain. And this is a man, I think, like a lot of men, who don't really look inward, who don't pay attention to whatever pain there is, or um, and just keeps going like an athlete. And um, suddenly, he has a bad accident, which is that his wife announces uh, our marriage is over. And actually, the wife's therapist announces it and with no ifs, ifs, ands, or buts. And that scene actually came directly from a friend's experience where he did not even know his wife had a therapist, got a call, said, come to the therapist, and he really did say, you have a therapist? Like the character in the (laughs) film. Got there, and the therapist said, your marriage is over. There's no question. There's no discussion. And that happens to Otto, who is thrown for a loop, didn't really realize that his his wife obviously was in such pain and needed to get out. And so then he tries to... um, you know, he's not a bad father, but he doesn't really know, like, that his daughter takes tumbling or that his daughter doesn't really like princess things. His daughter's nine years old, that she really wants to be a queen and not a princess. Mm-hmm. And so he, he bumbles through his life and then reconnects with an old girlfriend on Facebook and then goes on OK Cupid and <laughs> discovers things about his marriage that he didn't realize yeah. um, that mm-hmm. were not so pleasant. And eventually, through encountering these different women, starts to have his consciousness raised by understanding that he's got to become aware. And eventually, the female that's the most important in his life that he really has to be aware of and pay attention to is his nine-year-old daughter. Mm. And the whole film, all the characters really want to be seen and known. It's something the wife says at the end. Mm. But even all these, some comic encounters with these women, they all want to be seen, and he does see them. Um, There's a... uh, you mentioned this Debbie Spangler character, who's this woman who likes to say her name all the time. She yeah. says, I'm Debbie Spangler, and it's played for laughs, but it's also she, too, wants to be seen, which is something that I think all people do. So it's a real theme. And again, at the very end, he really looks at his daughter and really is seeing her, maybe you know, for the first time in a long time, really paying attention to this young woman, young, young girl. 
Yeah, and uh, it, it's not played for broad laughs. There's one or two things, I, I mean, a couple of things in the film that are uh, more in that vein, but this is a very uh, subtle and understated uh, film in terms of the relationships, uh, and, uh, and and that's where the it's it's comedic, but it's more, it's also a film about something, about relationships and perceptions, and those are the things yep. that, that, that we're, that we're trying to sort through, through these characters. The, the film, again, is goodbye to all that. Uh, they have a terrific cast, by the way. I, um, uh, the, Paul uh, Schneider won the, at the Tribeca Film Festival for his performance in Goodbye to All That. C- uh, kudos to him for that, and he is, uh, he is the, the kind of um, he's not so put upon as to become sort of a sad person, a sad character, but he is, but he's able to convey the sense of not quite understanding where he's at in, in his world, in the world as he yeah. relates to it. So he does a nice job of staying there and staying grounded. I, I, I really appreciate films and characters who don't suddenly jump to some kind of an oddball reaction and or something that only furthers the movement of the plot and really isn't in character. And your film doesn't do that, which I, I just truly find refreshing and, and, and so such a... Uh, mature way to to uh, to uh, communicate with an audience. I, I've, um, so, congratulations on that um, part of it. Casting this, uh, did you have Paul in mind? Uh, Paul, we might know him. A lot of people know him from Parks and Rec. But did you have this cast in mind, or how did that sort of evolve for you? Because I let me just really quickly: Melanie Linsky, Heather Graham, Anna Camp, Amy Sedaris, and Celia Weston. You, you, I by the way, was on uh, in Junebug as well. So. Uh, yeah. How did you get the cast that you got on this? Well, we had a great casting guy in L.A. His name is Mark Bennett, and he actually cast um, Junebug as well. And he and I just saw the material very similarly, and he would bring actors to it. I did not write it with any actors in mind um, because you never it's, uh, it feels kind of like um, uh, hubris to even imagine that you can get anything anything produced. So I write with uh, characters in mind and then hope, hope I can talk some actors into it and and Paul was not um, was not the immediate person he was among a lot of people that that were um, were suggested but all of our cast I agree with you I, I love all of their performances they were terrific to work with and I can't imagine anybody else playing them and yet we had had we had actually cast um, I think five actors dropped out like a month before we we started shooting, mm. and now I can't imagine this film with anybody else but the people we have. Um, and um, mm-hmm. Paul is such an interesting actor because I think that he's always thinking. There's always something going on in his mind. Yeah. And the character, as you said, had to be a very subtle, grounded, real person. And I think because the film was inspired by real incidents that happened to people that I know, I really wanted it to be grounded and not, uh, and and the tone is a slightly akin, maybe a little bit funnier than, or, or intended to be a little bit of more of a comedy than Junebug, but it's serious and funny at the same time, and that, those are the kinds of films that I like. Um, and I think if people can get that, that it's both at the same time, um, it, it could be a good ride for them. Yeah. Well, and um, Melanie Linsky uh, has become is is becoming one of the very very uh, best actors working today. Um, going back to Hello, I Must Be Going, and moving forward, uh, Happy Christmas. She was terrific. She's just a terrific 
actress and uh um i'm thrilled to see her in anything and she's very good in this um and the character was uh was difficult because it's the she plays the wife of of, of Paul Schneider, right. uh, um, Annie Wall, and she she's the antagonist if you were to break it down into the film. And yet, I really wanted someone. If I had cast someone who was sort of a hard, um, aggressive kind of performer, you really, really would I think judge that character harshly and maybe not like her. And she does some things that are not that nice, but because Melanie is such a a vulnerable, emotional, feminine being, I hope that an audience will also sense that this was a person who was really in pain and had to do what she had to do for her own sanity. But the film is really told from his point of view. So, again, although she doesn't have many scenes, I really wanted her to create... I wanted an actor who could really create something where you could imagine there could be a whole other film just telling her story, her side of the story. Right. And she's wonderful. She's great to work with and been so positive uh, in the promotion of the film. I can't say enough about Melanie. She is. Well, I, I, and I can't speak to this this part of the, the filmmaking process that you experienced had with her, but I, I can only say that when I see her, again, going back to a terrific underrated performance in Hello, I Must Be Going, I thought she was fantastic yeah. in that. And also Happy Christmas, a recent film. Yeah. But she just brings that... that and, and looking at your cast... What I like about it is everybody in it, Heather Graham, uh, Amy Sedaris, Celia Weston, brought, brings the energy that you are familiar with them as actors. Uh, Heather Graham, yeah. I don't know, I don't quite understand why she isn't working more because she brings that, and en- she's just got such an energy to her and yeah. her performances every single time. Uh, I'm always intrigued by her. Um, yeah, she was... She was lovely to work with too, and she's witty yeah. and she's charming, and and of course she's so incredibly beautiful as well. And uh, yeah. and another thing with casting Otto is that there's a lot of um, intimate scenes in this film, and so we needed some. I really wanted to cast a, an actor in the lead who not only wanted to sleep with these women, but you could believe also liked women. And yeah. and and yeah. I, I don't know, uh, you know, um, Paul that well, but he certainly feels like. He likes women as well as, you know, is attracted to them. And I, all the women responded to him in a very positive way, too. Um, yeah. So uh, the thing that's interesting about Melanie, I wanted to go back, is that she's such a completely emotional actor. When I was cutting this film, there are some actors who will who will do really full work on their close-ups and then maybe on a master shot or, or when the other person's, uh, the camera's on the other person, they sort of just... You know, they, they're not really performing to uh, on all cylinders. But Melanie is emotionally invested in every second. Every time I would cut the film on her, she was there. She was emotional. It's really interesting. And that there are some actors who are not like that, who are great actors. Yeah. And uh, yeah. um, it's just she has a real interesting, unique way of working. Yeah, well, that's great. That's great to hear. Um, I want to remind our listeners that we're speaking with Angus McLaughlin, and the film is called uh, Hello, I'm, Hello, Goodbye to All That. Sorry, I was on Hello, I Must Be Going. I'm so sorry. Uh, right. Goodbye to All That. And um, and I'm hoping someday, somehow, somebody writes a vehicle that's appropriate for Amy Sedaris because, yeah. you know, she is she's a unique talent. She I, I can't imagine what that project might be, but if somebody can ever harness... That uh, that uh, whatever's bo- yeah. boiling just below the surface will, will could make could be a really special project. Yeah, she's great. Well, you know, she's done a. She, I don't know if you ever saw her 
Comedy Central TV oh, series, uh, right. Strangers with Candy, which is fantastic. It is, but, you know, it's yeah, interesting. Yeah, she's fantastic. She only works as much as she wants to work, and I'm sure people have brought her lots of projects. She really, she says openly, I like to work like two or three days. <laughs> you know, and one of the reasons why she wanted to do our 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 project is that it was one day work, and uh, she's actually. She's from Raleigh, North Carolina, but her sister, Lisa, lives here in Winston-Salem, so she got to visit her sister and come do one day and then oh my God. go off and leave. <laughs> okay, well, I hope I hoped somehow, some way, because the girl does not get the due that she's, because of things like uh, Strangers with Candy, which I, I think is maybe the finest, weirdest, finest uh, uh, sitcom I've ever seen, so uh, yeah. I really, so, well, um Let's see what else. We, so uh, again, I want to remind our listeners that goodbye uh, to all that is on um, screening here in Los Angeles at the Arena uh, Theater through next Wednesday or Thursday. I uh, would be uh, correct, I think, in yeah. saying that. And then also available on the different platforms: iTunes, um, Amazon, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You can look it up. The film website is. I'm going to get this right. You're, it's on. Uh, why don't I have it? It is it's on IFC, IFC Films. Facebook page. Right. Uh, just okay. goodbye to all that. Goodbye to all that. So it, it is also ifcfilms.com, and then it's it's uh, on the front page of, of that uh, website as well. Well, um, what what's uh, now that you've done? Now that you are, are you've been bitten by the directorial bug, Angus? Are you interested in doing more uh, along those lines? Yeah, I have another um, script that I'm all ready to go with. I, it's just, you know, especially with independent film, it's like you're always starting at zero again, but it's just finding the right components, uh, the right, you know, again, producers, people to be involved. Um, I'm ready to go. I also have another script that um, that Phil Morrison is going to direct. So, uh, oh. you know, all of this is, you know, you knock wood, you hope this is going to happen. Um but, uh, yeah, that, that's a little bit farther along in the process. So well, I would love to. I hope. You know, you always just hope. Yeah. Uh, I'm really, really lucky that I got to make this film. I got to make the film I wanted to make. And um, I got a distributor, IFC, who are, you know, having a great year because of Boyhood. And it's playing. It's going to play in, um, like, 13. Right now, I know 13 other markets in selected cities across the country through um, through January, and then they're going to maybe add some more on. But as you said, it's it's available on video on demand and iTunes and Amazon and all those platforms, so anybody can see it today. Yeah, and it's well again. I can't uh, say this strongly enough. It's a wonderful, in many ways, understated. But if you, as I, I like to say, this is a, fr- a fr- favorite way of saying you've got to lean forward a little bit to to yeah. really get into the film. And and watch uh, these characters unfold in front of you, and it's a it's a terrific film. Uh, goodbye to all that, and I want to thank you so much for being a part of Film School. And when this next project comes along, I hope you can find a little bit of time and come back and join us. I'd really appreciate it. Sure, thank you so much. This you you've made my day. Well, nice thank you. Nice words about the film. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.